You're listening to Filmmakers Drinking Bourbon. Hey, what's up, World Wide Web? This is Brandon. And this is Alex. And we're filmmakers. And we're not drinking bourbon again. Oh, man. <laughs> That's all right. That's okay. Yeah, we got because something special. There are, uh, there are other spirits in this world. There are. So, like but our good spirits. We, yeah, we love bourbon, but there's other great drinks. And these drinks don't have to come from Kentucky. No. Or the United States, for that matter. They don't even have to come from corn or rye. Or, or North anything. America. Yeah. Or South America. Yeah. Or mid mid America, Europe. they could come from Asia. Yeah, better yet, Southeast Asia. There you go. Like like the Philippines. The Philippines. Way to segue that, buddy. Cheers. Cheers to the Philippines. Special show today. Hey, did you hear that? Let's see that one more time. Ooh, sounds like the Philippines. A splash there. Try that. Let me know what you think. <sighs> Doesn't that's taste a, like bourbon, does it? No, that's a great beer. So today, it's got kind of a sweet taste to it. It does. It's a pale pilsen beer called San Miguel. And where's and it? Where's it from? Product of the Philippines. Yeah, but like Philippines is not just like this thing. It's like cities and people and origins, right? <sighs> yeah, that's funny. I don't know where. Where it's from, is it? Like uh... San Miguel Brewing Corporation, probably in Manila. Yeah, I think it is in Manila. Actually. Okay, that's yeah. cool. Uh, you want to know some fun facts about San Miguel? Um. Actually, I do want to know some fun facts. Like, cause, like you got like I don't need like all of them, but no. like, what's the one like the fact? Uh, here's the one thing now. Okay. About the Philippines, it's actually four things. All right. <laughs> so San Miguel is not just a brewery, even though they're the largest brewery there. They account for nine out of every ten bottles of beer sold in the Philippines. Also known as a monopoly. Also known as a monopoly. <laughs> also, eighty-seven percent of soft drinks. 60% of processed meats and 40% of all poultry is wow. from San Miguel Corp. What a what a interesting thing. Exactly. Well, this is uh this is interesting that, that that's the case because um I mean from what I can tell the you know the Philippines isn't like a dictatorship. It's not a communist no. country. Although it used to be a dictatorship. Well, kind of. It did. I mean from what I in my so so uh, yeah. what I found and maybe you correct me if I find anything For different. Sure. So we're going to jump from San Miguel to another person mm. uh, named Ferdinand Magellan, ah. who seems to be a re- reoccurring character amongst the global scheme of Is that things. who we had drinks with last week? Yeah. Ferdinand? Yeah. And oh, in uh, cool. 1521, he claimed oh, the Philippines for Spain. He, he says, this is now Spain's. Spain's. Which all along, there were Filipino people and or some sort of tribal yeah. people there. So Natives. they stole it. Kind of like- the U.S. Yeah. and Native Americans. Yes. Um, but then they said, you know what? We're going to actually cede this to the United States I in didn't know that. 1898. But then comes the big day mm-hmm. when the Philippines declare their independence in 1946 after the Japanese occupation ended. Exactly. So at some point in there, they decided, let's launch a nationwide brewing company I can and take over, right? Exactly when that was. It was 1890. So well before they declared independence. Wow. It's been around, like, you know, a long time. Yeah. So this stuff is actually the foundation of the country. It really is. It Philippines, t- it tastes built on a, beer. It tastes a little bit like I'm drinking the foundation of a nation. You really are, doesn't it? Wow. Yeah. 
That's great Tastes stuff. Tastes like building blocks right so here. So as we're talking about the Philippines, mm. you know, some of you guys out there, you have no clue. You you you've heard the Philippines. Wasn't it one of Miss Philippine? Didn't she get snubbed by um, Yeah, Steve Harvey. <laughs> Steve Harvey <laughs> and his awesome suits. Uh, he had too much San Miguel yeah. that night. <laughs> he got a little crazy. Well, anyway. Yeah. So maybe all let's just assume all you know about the Philippines is that Steve Harvey snubbed him. That's all I knew until Here's a what you days need ago. to know. A couple quick <laughs> facts. These were called fast facts. Ooh. All right. This is like off We're of, gonna play a game called yeah, Fast Facts. Fast facts. <laughs> Eighty four million seven hundred sixty five thousand what? People. There you go. All Whoa. right. Here we go. All right, one on the, the board. The capital is Manila. How many people live in Manila? Six million. Ten million. Ten. Ten million. Whoa. Okay. That's way larger than if you than... look at the area, about three hundred thousand oh. square kilometers is what we're dealing with. Uh-huh. In that realm, yes. how many islands do you think? Islands. Mm. This is Southeast Asia, yeah. a lot of islands, a lot of water. I'm going to say 90. 7,107 islands what? lying between the South China Sea and the Pacific Ocean. That, my friend, is the Philippines. That's insanity. Yeah, it's amazing. So I'm sure like China's taken back one by one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so they speak uh, what we call, what we refer to as Filipino. Uh-huh. Uh, With an F, right? Yeah. Philippines have a great cuisine as well. Uh, I, the adobo chicken, adoba, adobo, Ooh. something like that. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. good. The grill, it's good, yeah, it's good stuff. Seasonings, um, delicious. The uh, the the currency is the Philippine peso. <clears throat> Life expectancy is about seventy. It's not it's bad. Not bad. No, it's good. I think it's better than the U.S. Um, their uh, GPD per capita is forty six hundred. I'm gonna stop you right there. And I'm Jump gonna, in. I'm going to throw out another fact uh, of the San Miguel Corp. These facts are so fast; they're coming right at us. Yeah, 2001. Speaking of GDP, San Miguel Corp accounted for 3.6% of total Philippine GDP. What? For one company. They just own the whole country? 3.6%. Wow. Anyway, continue. Well, the good thing is that they're very literate. 96% literacy percentage. Wow. A well-read group of people. That's actually really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. What's it here, like 20? (laughs) I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, So anyway... It's pretty fascinating. This this place is pretty amazing. Yeah. And the reason we're talking about it is they are in the bottom of the barrel of the yes. filmmakers drinking bourbon and barrel. That is not a That's uh, not bad negative. Thing. That's not a negative thing. We have we have some demographics, some uh, some what yeah. you, some statistics that we're able to pull from our SoundCloud. Yep. Uh, because that's where we host the site and we stream it to iTunes. And so we're able to uh, we're able to pull some stats. Well, mm-hmm. one of the stats is on location and it's based on country and it lists basically the 50 the 50 countries 50. that are listening. For sure. Okay? Top 50. Yeah. So number one is the United States. I mean, the top like ten. Every number you know, two is Canada. Common. Yeah. I think number three is uh, the the UK. UK. Yeah. Number four, I think, is um, Mexico. Or, no. Yeah. Number four is like uh, Australia. Uh, okay. Number five is Saudi Arabia. Yeah, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> which is kind of awesome. Yeah. And then like number six is New Zealand with our yeah, friends down there at Worcester. Sure. But and, and, you guys know all about those countries. So yeah, it's no wh- fun. Yeah. Why? I mean, everyone knows about, you, about you know, the the Crocodile Hunter. Yeah. Everyone knows about Crocodile Dundee. Exactly. All the UK films, Canadian films. Yeah. We have so many Canadian actors. But no one knows yeah. about Kenya. No. Now they do. Now they do. Now they do. Because last week we covered Kenya. And by the way, that's a super popular episode with our yeah, listeners. Yeah, it's out of control. Because they like learning facts. Yeah. Fast facts. They like these sort of things. They do. 
Uh, and so we've got Kenya, we've got Philippines today, and then next week we got Qatar. Which actually, Brad, our buddy Brad Gollin, he sent me a message, and I believe it's either the actual pronunciation or one of the pronunciations is Qatar. Okay. Not Qatar. So I don't, I don't know which one's right. We'll have to look that up. Yeah, we don't want to offend yeah. the Qatar-in or Qatarian, Qatarian? people. So we're, you know what, that's why we're learning along the way. We are. So we can teach you. Yeah. Well, not only that, so we can be more sensitive Mm. to the people groups of the world because we're a world podcast, not a, not a local podcast. We're global. Worldwide. We are global. But. Innovators in the space. Yeah. The reason we uh, are so low on the list in Philippines is we just can't reach all those islands. (laughs) There's so many islands. We're going to send carrier pigeons to each one and drop off the tape. Of the podcast, yeah, you know. So, but we've got at least two listens, yeah, from the Philippines, and we thought that's enough. We want you to know out there if you're For listening sure. to this podcast, the least of these means the most to us. It does, and so we are here to highlight that that population. Yeah. And so, just know that no matter where you're at listening to we this, care. we care. We're diving into your culture and your history right now. Yeah. And in the Philippines, there's plenty of places oh to dive. Gosh. Lots of water. Lots of water. 7,000 films. Pounds. By the way, digging into this history- Oh my gosh. Is interesting. I mean, there's one period there- Holy Which, moly. when we get to it, it is- Wow. Kind of disturbing. Yeah, and we'll, we'll, get, we'll get into some fun facts. Yeah. We, want you to, to, we want to tell you, though, stick around because we've oh, got yes. a lot of hot topics this week. We're going to talk about Oscar noms. Yep, it's not just about the Philippines. And we're going to talk about Oscar snubs. Which is a huge topic and nowadays. I'm going to say yeah. something. I'm going to say a word. This might rattle some people. Yeah. Racism. Whoa. I said it. That's a- I uh, said it. Big topic. Okay. It is a big All topic. Right. We'll get to that later. Uh, but yeah, stick around. We want to get into some Filipino okay. film history. So what else did you find? So we kind of, we've got like mm-hmm. a snapshot. We got the fun fast facts. Let's get into the filmmaking. Do, do the Filipino people love film? That's the question, Alex. Oh, they do. They Tell do. me about it. They absolutely love film. They love their own films, but they're super, like any, any other country, really heavily influenced by imports uh, from Europe and Bollywood. And Unlike their beer. Unlike their beer, which is a <laughs> complete monopoly, <laughs> which we are have in our country. So they're even taking over us. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the first film fact I could find. I feel like I this is the greatest lying. episode ever. Why? I don't know. I feel like we <laughs> something magical is happening today. It is. Well, I don't it's know. It's San Miguel. It's got me floating. It's something. Yeah. Let's keep this rolling. Here we go. So first fact about film in the okay. Philippines, that's a lot of Fs, that I could find <laughs> uh, was this dude, Jose Nepo, Nepomuchino. Okay. Right? So he's credited with the first Filipino film in the early 1900s called Dalagang Bukid. Okay, and it was based on a play, which is actually a, it's actually a big theme uh, throughout Filipino film history. Is that a lot of their movies, especially early on, were built sure. on plays? And is this like like a folk tale, written. folk plays sort of things. Yeah, it's all you know local saying? theater, like so, local stories, legends sort of stuff. Yeah, so they well, a lot of it had to do, especially in the early days of film, with religion and with sure. like the Savior, the Virgin Mary, and all Speaking that. Speaking of which, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't realize this, but the Philippines culture is like 94% Christian. Uh-huh. And a lot of heavy Roman Catholic. Very. And um, just a little, a little like maybe one or two islands dabble in some Buddhism or a little Muslim, Muslimism. Else. Yeah. Isla- Islamic? Yeah. Isla- Islamism. Sorry. That was offensive. I, I didn't mean to say that. No. 
They're they're Islamic and <clears throat> but a lot of it's Christian, a lot of especially yeah. Catholic. But yeah, so a lot of the early films dealt with dealt with uh, subject matter based on stage plays and dealing with religion and saviors and all that stuff. Huh. So that's cool. Pretty interesting, right? Yeah. And I noticed too, as I was digging in, like into their film culture, there's like quite a few film schools, like especially in yeah. Manila. Like it's definitely like something they embrace. They have a film commission that was uh-huh. like established in 2006 or well, two. Dude, Ten million people in Manila. Like you, you know, you gotta have people interested in film. Yeah, they're going. That's for a it. lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are happening. Yeah. So well, what else did you find? So that was early 1900s. Uh, the next. So we're gonna make a big leap now. We had all these early movies, silent okay. films. Based, uh, so they're basically funded by wealthy Americans, Spaniards, sure. Europeans, uh, and then local businessmen and landowners. Correct. In uh, 1930s, you had Julian Manasala's Patria Amore. So that was um, a, a big deal. Big deal because he's credited as being the father of the nationalistic film. Wow. And his and movie actually almost got suppressed by the government for being uh for having anti-spanish sentiments which makes sense because yeah. they received independence in 1946 so this exactly. was before they declared right there yeah so right there film is already contributing to the shaping of this country yeah. it's building up all this you know nationalistic sentiment and they want to be free that's what films do good exactly. films change nations yeah so that guy was uh he was kind of a earth shaker you know, yeah. he's rattling the trees. So what happens after they get independence in, in 1946? What kind of stuff's being put out? What kind of stuff's being put out? It doesn't really matter because now it's wartime. Mm. <laughs> and the Japanese yep. are occupying yep. the country. Absolutely. Which brings about a huge, obviously, Japanese influence. So you yeah. have all their great, great films that they're bringing to the, to the islands, but nobody really cares because they're interested in their own culture. So they kind of don't really take to it. And the Japanese right. then hire a bunch of uh, local filmmakers to be kind of propagandists and create content that shows Japanese-Filipino relations as Merging positive. together. Yeah. Yeah. It's, well, and, and the Japanese love film. There's love a lot it. of great oh. Japanese filmmakers. Tons of them. Yeah, yeah, it's got a huge storied film history. But one of the dudes, which I'm sure you heard of him in your research, was Gerardo de Leon. Yeah. Yeah, so he started out as one of these propaganda filmmakers. Uh, coordinating with Japanese. Um, and he actually made a lot of movies like up through the 70s. Yeah. Well, one of the, like right right before uh, they declared independence, there was a film that was produced, um, Back to Bataan. Oh, yeah. Featured John Wayne. Really? Yeah. So it's pretty interesting because what I found as I looked into some of the more contemporary films, I got a huge yeah. list here. Some of the the big names that were in this. Um, let's can I jump in? Joe, go for it. All right, so yeah. we're going to jump into sort of notable film slash actors. Okay, and this is all throughout the ages, right? Yeah. Okay. Cool. We're going to call these. Go uh, we're going to call these the fast films, yeah. which kind of st- which started. <laughs> it's a good place to jump in. Yeah. Started when they declared independence. Yeah. You got all these great. Films. Yeah. So uh, I'll ju- I'll jump back just one. Uh, yeah. The real the real glory featuring Gary Cooper, nineteen thirty nine. Mm-hmm. Back to Baton, John Wayne, nineteen forty five. Flight to Fury and Door to Hell featuring Jack Nicholson. Whoa. Both formed, both filmed in 1964. They were filmed back to back. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. Now, were these American films filmed in yeah. the Philippines? Okay. Yeah, many of them were. Many yeah. of them were. Um, Ambush Bay featuring Mickey Rooney. It's in 66. Impasse featuring the old Burt Reynolds in 1969. Ooh, nice. And I, and I want to encourage you, um, and we're going to put some links on the website, you might not remember this all, but you've got to Google. You've got to Google 
films made in the Philippines. Some, most every single one of these film covers, like the film posters, they're amazing. Will blow your mind. They're amazing. They're unbelievable. They're like like complete B movie. B movie. Paul Rodriguez yeah. over the top. Um, too late. The hero featuring uh, Robert Aldrich, director Henry, Henry Fonda and Michael Caine. Well, there you 1970. go. Nineteen seventy. Big names. The one of my favorites. This is amazing. It's called the Big Bird Cage. You, oh, I saw the cover of this. If you don't remember anything from this episode, Google The Big Bird Cage featuring Pam Greer. All you need to do is look at the artwork. It's basically your, yeah. a bunch of women trapped in a giant bird cage being roughed around by Filipino men, yeah. and then the women revolt with machetes. And it's got Pam Greer. It's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Let me read you the description. You're going to like this. The Big Bird Cage. Blossom and Buxom Bad Girl is the rough and ready girlfriend of radical leader Django. She rather keeps her relationship a secret, but is also quick to start a fight without knowing it. However, when Django's mercenary friends itch for some female companionship, she softens and the two devise a plan to liberate the inmates of a local women's prison. Featuring Pam Greer. The Big Birdcage. Directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something he would love. Uh, so I got to imagine he was inspired by all these oh films. Oh, my God. Um, black Mama, White Mama. Savage, which was a big uh, black exploitation film uh-huh. fe- featuring James Englehart. Bamboo yeah. Gods and he Iron... Was inspired. Bamboo Gods and Iron Men, 1974. Uh, so that was really the heyday of these, like, over-the-top films. Was there a name for these films? They all, they all. to be honest, they all had yeah. a couple elements. So They pretty much raped women. Here, I'll, I'll tell you. So these films- uh, That's not a 60s, laughing matter. No. It's just kind of, it's almost so ridiculous, it borderlines comedy. comedic. It's, so in the 1960s, uh, mainly, they had this genre of film called Bomba Films. Okay. And there was one in particular subgenre of that that featured- buxom women in their undies running away from men and then being raped in waterfalls, rivers, oceans. Mud, mud wrestling. Yeah, and then getting their revenge later on. And they called this uh, the wet look. So essentially <laughs> the storyline is yeah. there, there's the, there's these women, the men rape them, the women go nuts and kill them. Yep. It's like uh, the classic, there's a classic horror film in the United States called I Spit on Your Grave. And it's like that kind of thing where women are taken advantage of and then get their revenge in the end via yeah. ultra violence basically sure um but yeah i mean you you so i know it's a lot of the earlier titles you mentioned i'm trying to catch <laughs> yeah. my bearings here the 40s yeah there were a lot of so those are films made by foreigners in the philippines yep but they sounded like war movies there's a yeah. lot of them like bay Every, of whatever just and, about everything that's ever been filmed in the philippines has a connection war. to war either in 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 that in in that even jumps to the future where you know, we'll come back to it, but as you get past some of these B movies, you jump into some classics that were filmed in the Philippines: Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. Platoon, Born on the Fourth of July. Again, they would use it to simulate Vietnam, exactly. But they could do it because it was an American territory, for sure. So, but that brings up like Filipino films, actual films yeah. produced by Filipinos. Yes, one of which you may have came across. Huh. Did you come across Eddie Ramiro? Eddie no. Ramiro was a, a Filipino director. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And a lot of his films were war-themed. War-themed. And that was a big deal in the 40s and 50s for Filipino cinema uh, because they weren't afraid to kind of relive their occupation by the Japanese and all the war that yeah. they saw as a battleground. Uh, 
Yeah, and that, that was a huge thing. 40s and 50s. Well, and that carried over because once we even dip into the 80s, the great 80s, yeah. um, we we saw that even continue to carry over with some awesome 80s films like Enter the Ninja, 1981, <laughs> uh, Missing in Action, Chuck Norris, yeah. 84, American Ninja, 1985. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. Strike Commando 1 and 2 featuring Chuck Norris, Missing in Action 3. Chuck Norris, Delta Force Two, Chuck Norris, yeah, and then finally Chuck Norris loves the Philippines. Finally, even all the way up till 1998, that was the year after I graduated high school. They they produced Knockoff featuring Van Damme. There you go. So here's all of these action guys and guns, Rambo type of guys, all happening right Doing there in the Philippines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So either way, like the yeah, there's there's a lot of film history in the Philippines. It's kind of the way I saw it was broken up into these kind of ten to twenty year segments, where the forties were these war movies, the fifties was the studio system, sixties uh, was all these B movies, these bomba films about yeah. sex and violence and all that. They had all these knockoffs of spaghetti westerns and Filipino James Bond movies, uh, Euro sex movies. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, 70s, here's a huge, uh, you know, kind of flag in their timeline is uh, Martial Law. Yes. 1972, Martial Law, uh, dictator Ferdinand Marcos. So you want to know why this is huge for Filipino filmmaking? Was Not it? the ones filmed there by foreigners, but actual Filipinos. Was it? They were required to submit scripts prior to filming to the government. Wow. Before that, it was all based on kind of making it up as they go along filling in the blanks. Now they had to actually submit a script, make sure that it made sense and that it wasn't like criticizing the government of Marcos uh, before they can even continue. Wow. Pretty cool. Yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff happening, but you know what? It it is continuing to uh to move forward in and even in the modern time. Yeah. There's a film in 2013. This is worth checking out. It's called Metro Manila. Metro Manila, and it got quite the accolades. It got quite a few nods. It was nominated for the uh, BAFTA Film Award for Best Film, mm. uh, Non-English Language, in 2014. It was uh, nominated for Best Director in, in several categories at uh, other film festivals. Sundance, mm. it got, um, in 2013, Sundance, it got the World Cinema Dramatic Winner Audience Award. Wow. So is this an indie film? This yeah. So Gee. so check it out. Put this one on the list. If there's one you're gonna go see that's kind of like, hey, what's happening right now? Check out this Metro Manila. It's um directed by Sean Ellis. Um and it's hmm. it looks interesting. I've not seen it yet, but um Yeah, two thousand thirteen. Yeah. Which is funny. I mean they Philippines lately, as of the late seventies, has that's when kind of independent cinema started. Yeah. In the Philippines, and it's just kept going. But in 1977, I'll just throw out one more of my quick facts here. Uh, Kidlak Tahimik, I, th- I don't know if you say that, that's how you say it today, but Kidlak Tahimik, uh, one of the first indie filmmakers, made a film called Perfumed Nightmare, uh, which won the International Critics Prize at the Berlin Film Festival Yeah, in 77. So, you know, after that, you There's had all these stuff. indie dudes coming out, uh, and especially now with the advent of digital capture and all the the easy tools that filmmakers have at their disposal i think you're just going to see start seeing lots lots and lots of uh really good independent cinema yeah absolutely yeah i think there's starting to see it all over the place but philippines looks like they're on top of it there's definitely one thing i know for sure 
Huh. There's a film scene in the Philippines. There is. The the Philippines put the pho in film. They did. <laughs> P-H-I-L-M, film. So cheers to the Philippines. Yeah. So here's cheers. here's we're gonna cheers to all our listeners back cheers, on the cheers, islands, yeah. uh, all seven thousand of them. We yeah. love you guys. We love what you're doing. Yep. We even love your worst of times, which may have been the best of times. The when, 60s. When Pam Greer <laughs> was running around oh, in a wet t-shirt. Your wet look films. With a uh, machete. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. So, not at all. so anyway. uh, get out there. Check out what's going on. There's a lot of cool stuff. Really exciting uh-huh. what's out there. So Crack open a San Miguel and watch uh, Pam Greer run around in a bikini. Absolutely. <laughs> Speaking of that. Wow. So- with that said, my friend, uh, what what else have you been watching? I mean, what else do you get into? Obviously, you've been doing the research for this show, but yeah, well, you got to been you've been watching something, right? Well, we uh, at our household, we've been catching up on uh, How to Make a Murderer. Ah, everybody's uh, going Netflix crazy for that show. Isn't it yeah. funny how shows can just kind of take off, and then everybody in the world's like, "You got to watch it." Exactly. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see the Thin Blue Line yes. documentary? Yes. So, like, overturned a court case and everything. I feel like that's what this is trying to be. Yeah. Um, but it's not being as effective. I haven't jumped in yet. Yeah, you you should. It's really interesting. Yeah. But we're, I think we just finished episode seven. I don't know how many there are, maybe 10 or 13. Yeah. Uh, but it's good. What it is it about in. America's obsession with murders? And crime. They love I it. I don't know, man. They love it. There's so like many a, crime shows, America so many murder shows. Had so just, many mass murderers. It's just, it's just dumb. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe other countries. But it's have intriguing. Mass I think people too. are intrigued by what makes you different. Well, yeah, I mean it's just know, a this weird fringe of society. Like what makes you think that way? Right. I don't know. It's good though. So we've been watching that. Uh and then I got a, I borrowed a few DVDs from a buddy and I watched DVDs. DVDs. Not even wow. Blu-rays. DVDs. Really? Yeah. What the hell? It's not like I said VHS. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I borrowed a few beta tapes from Jeez. my buddy. And, You're throwing way back with the DVD. Yeah, standard def, man. Uh, but I watched an old Coen Brothers film, The Man Who Wasn't There. Oh, right Billy on. Bob Thornton, uh, black and white cinematography by Roger Deakins, and it's gorgeous. Nice. Yeah. And they're working with him again on uh, Fargo, on the TV series. The Coen Brothers are producing, directing that, right? I'm pretty sure. I mean, yeah, they're producing it, yeah, based on their, their film. There you go. Uh, actually, another Coen Brothers movie I can't wait to come out is Hail Caesar. I'm on the fence. Are you? Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Watching the trailer at uh, at the at Hateful Eight and all that jazz, it was. I don't know. It looks quirky. It seems kind of corny. Oh, it maybe it maybe it has good. crossed the line of corn for me. Really? I don't know. We'll see. I like Scarlett uh, Johansson. She's a cutie. Eh, she's okay. I don't like. I'm not a huge. Uh, what's like his it. name? Fan. Uh, Clooney. Uh, Magic Mike, dude. Oh. Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum. Yeah. Uh, you know what? He I will give him credit. Yeah. He has he has found a way to get into the inner circle. For sure. Because he he was doing like uh dance movies. Yeah, like comedy, uh, like uh, no, but the uh like the teeny bopper dance street, movies. Street dance movies. Yeah, street movie. dance movies. I forget. Whatever, like dance yeah. dance for life or I don't know, something. I know what you mean. Yeah, break and, dance movies. And now yeah. he's like working with Tarantino and now he's like in all these films. So yeah. like somehow he like there's something about him that people like, whether it's his likability, he's fun to have on set, but somehow- Illuminati, bro. He got into the inside. <laughs> he got into the inner circle. Yeah, he's just part of the uh, yeah. Illuminati inner so, circle. 
I don't uh, know. Anyway, no, he's he probably owes it to uh, Soderbergh. His actually, yeah, I was gonna say his best role, in my opinion, was uh, Side Effects with Soderbergh. I thought you were gonna say Magic Mike. No, but he, I mean, that was another one. Or Magic it? Mike XXL. XXL. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Soderbergh, he he's laughing all the way to the bank on that one. He is. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that was funny. Didn't didn't Soder- take that much to make and. Well, Soderbergh directed, shot, edited, whatever the first one, produced it, and on the second one, he brought in a director, produced it, and shot it. He just he was a cinematographer on it. Huh. So that's got to be like an inside. My joke. wife, all it's her friends, be an inside joke. All of the all of my wife's friends love that magic. That's Mike crazy. Crap. Uh, but anyway, no, I'm excited for Hail Caesar. I think it looks funny. Typical yeah. Coen Brothers quirky. Pretty cool. What about you? What have you been watching? Um, I've been docking it up, man. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing some research right now for a feature length documentary. Yeah. That I'm potentially exploring uh, on a musician who happened to be in the Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew was a group of uh, musicians during the 60s, 70s who did all of the session work in L.A., uh, Capitol Records and other recording studios. Wow. And literally they played it on everything. Like all the Beach Boys records, that's all session players. The Righteous Man. Brothers, session players. Anything with Phil Spector on the Wall of Sound, the, all session players. You mean the Wrecking Crew? Yes. Yeah. The Wrecking not, Crew. Not just session players, but no, the Wrecking Crew. The Wrecking Crew. Yeah. So it's these guys, these same like 20 guys are on every album that was created in the 60s and 70s. Wow. It's bananas. Talent. And they could just switch genres and play on whatever, They could do whatever they want. So anyway, um, there was a documentary called The Wrecking Crew on Mm. Netflix. And, you know, it's there's some dated footage. Like, you're not going to be blown away by the production value. Yeah. But the story is so strong that it holds up really well. Hmm. So I I highly recommend it. If you love music, check it out. It's a newer film? Yeah, nah, I don't know. I don't know. It'll blow your mind. It's good. Within the last 10 years? Yeah. Okay. And cool. uh, so I watched that. And then I watched a, f- a film I've really been wanting to watch. It's in my queue, uh, which was What Happened, Miss Simone, about Nina Simone. Yeah. Which is really- It's on Netflix too, Really, right? really good. Yeah, it was good enough that it got nominated for Best Documentary this year yep. for the Oscars. Fantastic. So, uh, super So you would recommend both of them? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. But if you had to pick one, if you yeah. were like, dude, I don't watch documentaries. I'm only watching one. Yeah. Go with Miss Simone. Really? Good story. Good production yeah. value. Yeah, it's really good. Sweet, man. So uh so that's been fun. Very um cool. so yeah, that leads that leads to the Oscars. Speaking of nominated films, yeah. leads to the Oscars. Gotta... What'd you what'd you think about all the Oscar noms and stuff, man? <clears throat> well, you want to go through them? Yeah, I mean we can here let's well yeah. let's just start with best picture. That's the big category, Easy. the one that everyone's talking everyone's about. Everyone's gonna it. be waiting. They do it at the very end of the show. Yep. All right, so, so you've got The Big Short. Which I haven't seen, but looks amazing. Nor have I. Okay. Bridge of Spies. Have not seen, don't care. I have seen it, thought it was really good, uh, great cinematography, Tom Hanks. Probably nothing special. To, um, I like it. I mean, obviously it's up for best picture, but could be because it's a Spielberg film. Yeah, there's no way that's going to make it. Uh, Brooklyn. Uh, heard good things about it. Yep. Kind of a period piece. Yep. It's about immigration. It uh, looks cool. I want to see it. The color, the coloring looks really good. It looks old. The school. grade yeah, looks kind of yeah. cool. Old technical. I don't know. I'm on the fence. I, I'll see. I'll see. I will see all of the nominated films, of course, because that's what do. we do. Yeah. But I'm not like that's not like the first in line for me. Here's one that I know you couldn't even make it through. Mad Max Fury Road. I could not get through it. Yeah. I know, and I know that sounds crazy because I'm all surprised. the all the film heads are like going crazy for this and they're jumping in, but yeah. I just the, there's for me there's a hokey factor. That if it's just too hokey, I'm out. Well, it's wacky. And it, it's George Miller's wacky world. 
you know? I don't know, man. I just, I could, it just, I couldn't do it. Really? I don't know. Like, I I don't have anything bad to say about it. Like, it's shot well. They do these big scenes. It's all, it just. It's it's almost like a musical, though. I feel like it lacked substance. Eh, I don't know. It lacked substance for me. Anyway, The Martian. Can't wait to see it. You haven't seen it? No. Super excited. I think it's weird, though, that it's in the comedy category. It is comedy and musical category, which it actually won at uh, the Golden Globes. So it seems the like Martian, a drama. It is a drama with some comedic elements in his dialogue. So they put it into comedy? Yeah, I don't know how. It's weird. It, it, I guess maybe they find it like they're know. like, maybe we'll win if we throw it in the comedy genre. Yeah, but my thing is, how does it uh, even get people do that, right? Accepted. They kind of, don't people kind of play the, yes. play the cards For a little? For sure. But as a comedy or a musical, I would never classify it as that. No, I think it's weird. But it's fantastic. I loved it. thought it was beautifully shot. Matt yeah. Damon was great. Next on the list is The Revenant. Which Un- undoubtedly is going to win Best Picture. We talked about this last episode, and I, I think I can speak for both of us. We're huge fans. I will bet a San Miguel. 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 <laughs> I'll bet a San Miguel. A San Miguel. One San Miguel. Yeah. Against the whole world. You're about to. <laughs> you get all have to share it. Three point seven yeah, billion. Yeah, you all have San to Miguel's share it. Now. But uh, but that if it doesn't make Best Picture, it's going to get Best Picture. No yeah, doubt about it. I think so. It's amazing. I also think it might win Best Cinematography, yeah, but that's a different category. Uh, the next one's The Room. Haven't seen it. We talked about that last week. Yeah. It's got, uh, the what's her name? Bree, the girl from uh, United States of Terra. Yeah, for sure. She Larson? Is, she's awesome. I love her. Yeah, she's, she's really cool. a sweetheart. The movie looks amazing. Um, Can't wait to see it. A lot of people have been talking about the book that it's based on. Yeah. Spotlight, the next one. I'm real excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, it it looks really good. I think that's a sig- not only that, but I think it's a significant film that story yeah. needs to be told, and For I sure. think that's a film that, um, you know, hopefully will continue the conversation and bring light to the abuses and all that stuff that happened in the Catholic Church. Yeah, we'll see. So can't wait to see it. Um, um, but that's another really good. Cinema. I think that's Masanobu Takai- yeah. Takanagi. Let's jump into uh, best director. Sure. So you got Adam McKay for the Big Short. I know, which I want to see. That is a star-studded film. Like really everybody's in it. Pitt, you've got Brad Pitt, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling, uh, Batman, Bale, uh, Christian Bale. Bale, who's not the Batman anymore, <laughs> right? But uh, and then uh, what's his name from uh, Foxcatcher? Oh, who? Steve. Steve Carell. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah, I mean, the list, Channing Tatum. The again. List, yeah, the list goes on. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, all right. Next, George Miller, Mad Max, Fury Road. Yep. Which is, I mean, respectable. I execution wise, absolutely. The way that that was done, yeah, unbelievable. I've got no qualms with any yeah. of this. Uh, Alejandro Gonzalez Inarritu, unbelievable. This guy's the killing Revenant. it. He took it home last year for the Birdman. Yeah, he deserves it again. I think he's gonna get it. This guy is a genius. When you read, he's and on fire. Listen right now. to the lengths he went to to make this film. And with what the yeah. crew went through, all of that, getting the characters in there. Oh my God. Yeah. Let's just, I mean, I've got, can you, who else is on the list? But I, I'm going to come back to him yeah. for a Lenny Abramson, Abramson from The Room for yes. Room. And then Tom McCarthy for Spotlight. So, okay. All, those are all, all yeah. very, very different films. Can't argue with those. Yeah. I want to come back to Alejandro. Let's just, let's just appreciate for a minute this guy's career. Okay. Yep. As a director. Okay. The Revenant. Mm-hmm. Birdman, beautiful, mm-hmm. which was great and had you know great accolades. Um, Babel, twenty one grams. I mean, 
Amor- Am- Moros Paris. Yeah. I mean, this guy's just An amazing. Crushing. He hasn't made a bad film. He just crushes. Has not made a bad film. Jeez. And the fact that you know you wow. pair him up again with Lubezki, unbelievable. And it's a it's a perfect pairing. All right, so let's jump really to is. cinematographers, right? Sure. Let's, let's get down. Jump, there. Let's jump down. We'll we'll dig down. Let's see who. Do yeah, we, we got uh, Carol. Okay, which, which was shot in Cincinnati. It was Ed awesome. Lackman. Uh, shot here. They shot on sixteen millimeter. Yeah, and a big part of that film yeah. coming to town was Kristen Irwin, which we're going to have the, the film commission. The She's going to be on the show first week in February. Yeah. You're going to be able to hear her talk about the incentives, yeah, how they were able to make it happen. And not only that, but it's female February. It is. It's all female females in filmmaking. Exactly. We've got producers, art directors. Because they don't get enough love. It's going to be amazing. They just don't. Um, Back to the cinematography. Hateful yeah. Eight. Hateful Eight. Robert Richardson. I would, get, I would agree with Unbelievable. that. Unbelievable. So that's the one, again, just to recap, they shot on 70 millimeter film. It was a big deal. They had to retrofit 100 projectors nationwide sure. to even show the thing. Yep. Pretty cool. Mad Max Fury Road. Great. I get it. The Revenant, again, let's not beat a dead horse here. Mm-hmm. Get it? <laughs> if you've seen the film, you just <laughs> got that joke. <laughs> if you haven't, sorry I gave it away. That's why I was silent. Uh, this is a bad joke. Sicario. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead. If it's up to me, yeah. I'm, I may vote for Sicario for best cinematography. What? I thought it was great. It's beautiful. I thought it was really interesting. But- when you talk about it in comparison to The Revenant. I know, but man, I just, I love Sicario. I wanted to get something. I, no, I think, which that's, okay, if we if I can jump into snubs here just for a second. Yeah. I think the fact that Sicario is not on the best picture list. I agree. Is a shame. I think it's a, it's a shame. Maybe not a snub, but a shame. It's a shame. I think as a whole, that movie, the score, the cinematography, What's the worse, acting, a shame or a snub? I don't know. I just feel bad that it's not there. Okay. Because I would love to have seen that. I mean, sure. granted, I haven't seen the you know the Big Short Room or right. Spotlight or Brooklyn, but Sicario is fantastic. Well, since we're talking about this, we're already bringing up snubs. I'm going to go give you a two for one. Go for it. I'm going to give you a racist snub. Really? How in the world? Oh, I know. What did you're yep. straight out of Compton not get nominated for? These categories, mm-hmm. A, best picture, Yep. B, best director, mm-hmm. C, best supporting actor for the guy who played uh, Easy e Yeah. Uh, maybe even some of the other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, you tell me. You could say makeup, hairstyling. You could say- Unbelievable. Original score. You could say a, you know, a few different things. Now, they got a nom for what? Best screenplay or adaptation of a screenplay or- a- uh, they got something. They, they got, got a best nom. original screenplay. Yeah. A nomination, I would say. Uh, but yeah, that's, I won't say a snub. I will say it's a shame that it's not in best picture category. We should shame the Academy. We, you and I were talking about this We earlier. had this talk. Yeah. And Here's I, the thing. There's, okay, you could stand on one, you know, either side of the fence and say, okay, the Academy is racist and they're, uh, you know, purposefully not nominating uh, films about, uh, you know, non-white race or whatever. Or you could do like the director of The Boys in the Hood just came out and said that there's only so many slots. John Singleton. Yes. There's only so many slots. Look how many great films we had this year. Um, it's all subjective. I understand. But can, let me, can I give you a little stat? Go Maybe ahead. a little fast fact from the Academy. Fast fact. According to the Los Angeles Times, yeah. Oscar voters, those in the Academy, are on average... 63 years old. Mm-hmm. 
76% male. Yep. 94% white. Okay. Problem. I don't know. Where's the diversity? Where's the inclusiveness? I don't see that as a problem though. That's that's simply a you know, a, an accomplishment and a status obtained by their hard work, their great films. Ah, but to be uh, be included amongst these groups, you have to pass the panel, yes. which is made up of these elite white old men. Exactly. So it's just the rules are written to keep mm, out the diversity. I don't think they're written that way. Ah, that's Listen, how they're interpreted. Here, well, here's the thing. This country had a lot of race issues True back in story. the day. It was very divided. True story. And so the people with the privileges were were the white folk, right? That's a historical fact. They True story. black people were head down, held down, white folks got ahead. They started making films first. There's, so there's there's a catch-up period. Yeah, because they were never given the opportunity or the resources or the education to exactly. have access to make the films. I completely agree. I'm just saying that the panel you're seeing now and the diversification, the the way that it's structured is simply a byproduct of those times based on like a head start that the white people gave yeah, themselves. I'm but, not saying that's but not But what they that. should do yeah. is say, oh, by the way, yeah. we appreciate diversity in different points of view. So this panel mm-hmm. will be representative of X percent this, X percent female, X percent African-American, boom, 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 boom. That's but, what should be. And age. I, I don't, I think there's I, young filmmakers who, who are really know what they're talking about. Yeah. Well studied, have the awards yes. that should be on these panels. I don't know about that. You said have the awards. One of the uh, factors of being on this panel is that you have to be nominated for a best director Academy award or vouched for or vouched basically. for basically. So it's easy to say that it makes sense because these guys are older. They've had more experience Obviously, they've had more time to be nominated for an Academy Award. I don't think there's anything racist about it. Yes, it's lopsided. I don't think it's intentional. I think it's only based on the credentials of the folks. You know what we're going to do? We're going to put yeah. out a Twitter poll this week. That's fine. Is, Is the, the Academy, Academy racist? racist? <laughs> yes or no? No. But we're going to see what the people yeah. think. Here's here's my- Okay, that's what we're going to see. Here's my stance. It's the United States, innocent until proven guilty. You have to say and believe that they have the best interests of the art form- in their hearts. Yeah. Right? You have to assume yeah. that they're in it for the, you know, right. uh, the, or, yeah, the film's best interest. Or you have to assume that a bunch of 63-year-old white men didn't understand straight out of Compton. What did, uh, I'm, 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 you know, I'm confused here. Did 12 Years a Slave win some sort of award or something? Well, that's a whole other conversation. I, 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 I don't know. Maybe it yeah. didn't win anything. I yeah. don't remember. It also highlighted the era <laughs> of which all... Black people yeah, were exactly, abused. which is a it's a, a piece in our history, our you know, know. dimpled, burned, all eroded right. history. I don't think it's a racist thing. I think it's just the product of our nation. You know, it's going to become more diverse. <laughs> Again, you you blow me away with your positivity. That's what yeah. I love about you. You always you yeah. can spin it just right. Yeah, and you can just you make it every everything's okay now. <laughs> exactly. Everything's fine. Look at you. You're smiling. Alex, <laughs> Alex is in the room. Everything's fine. Like this project's not going to go down. You know, like we're not going to have trouble on set today. There's no racism. Yeah. Like now, listen. It's only going to get more diverse. We're only having, uh, especially the last few years, we've had some fantastic, uh, very diverse films. Look, let me out. let me let me tell you yeah. something. Here's the difference between the Academy and filmmakers drinking bourbon. Mm-hmm. We went out of our way to do an entire show on Kenya. 
We did. We gone out of our way to do an entire show on Philippines. the Philippines which has great and beer, by the way. Qatar. We're highlighting all sorts of diversity, all sorts of people uh-huh. because it matters and we find value and we want to share that with the world. I just think we love Phil. that at the end of the day, the Academy <clears throat> needs to have that type of appreciation for diversity and things that aren't like who they are or what they look like. I think they do. I think they do. All right. Maybe they do. Here's another thing I'm going to bring up just in relation to film. Uh, the people, whoever was involved with Straight Outta Compton, okay, yeah, they're not going to get a shiny award, but they should say, screw it. Look at our commercial success in the box office. That is true. the only metric we need to show that we had a great, great film. So, okay, you feel you got snubbed. That's fantastic because you made, you know, how many billions of dollars in the box office? I got it. You know? I'm with you. It was good. We all agree. You and I agree. I loved Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, it's I thought it was great. fantastic. Is it a shame that it's not in Best Picture? Yes. Yeah. It is. You know what? Maybe we need to release our own nominations. <laughs> and there you go. Actually, we might, I agree. we might be doing some things like that. So one of the exciting things, to use this as a little pivot point, one of the exciting things we're going to be doing for the listeners is bringing you guys interesting content, not only on the podcast, mm-hmm. but on the website. We're going to be revamping Retooling the, the FDB podcast thing. website. Yeah. It's going to have a top five feature every week. There's going to be a top five. It's going to be a little more structured than what you see now. There's going to be a spotlight. Uh-huh. There's going to be blog posts. There's going to be insight where yeah. uh, Alex and I are giving you in-depth blog posts about you know our craft, yeah. filmmaking. You Maybe know? Brandon's talking about what it takes to direct an actor or to edit a scene. Maybe I'm talking about what it takes to light a scene. What, yeah. it, what are the new cameras that are coming out? There are definitely going to be some opportunities for you to engage in the community. Yeah. We're trying to up the level of content and really focus on uh, you know, what we all love to do, which is you know, filmmaking, watch films, et cetera. Yeah. And we discuss so, these controversial topics because we care. Yeah. That's the so, only reason. So when we, when, we, when we launch the new site, you better believe we will do our own nominations. We will. Filmmakers Drinking Burma, FDB but, nominated top five films of the year. What's funny is it's going to have to be based on the films that we've seen. So some of the films that could potentially be nominated that we haven't seen can't be on the nominations. Agree. That has to be a rule. Yeah, I mean- Obviously. Yeah, obviously. Can't judge a film if you haven't seen yeah. it. Yeah. Do, do, do me and you both have to be in agreement? No. We're going to create our own lists. Okay. I think. Do we let, do the people, how does this get judged? It doesn't get judged. It's just a list. It's just a list. This is what I think the list is. Yeah. I think we limit it maybe to like three- I feel like we and you should have to battle it out Top so that films. we know whatever we decide on together huh? is solid. Like a jury? Like going like, back to make how to make yeah. a murder here. Like, we have to... like I'm like <laughs> selling you on why I think, you yeah. know, straight out of Compton should be number one For or sure. number two, and you're selling me on I'm why Mad it's the Max revenant. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's somehow we gotta Okay. Yeah. No, okay, I like that. I like that. We're a team here. <laughs> We're a unit. We have to appear on a any united tie- front. Any tiebreaker <laughs> comes from Adam. Oh based on sound. All right. And he, he breaks the tiebreaker, and he's like, oh. But this. he can only break it based on sound, sound design yeah. and score. Sound design, music, yeah. and score. That's yeah. the, the toss-up winner. Yeah. If there's a tie, All he right. decides. I'm down. Cheers. Cheers All on right. it. Cheers. It's been clinked. Man. It is official. What a great – this has been fun. Yeah. It's been a great show. I really – I'm exactly. enjoying these explorations into new worlds. Yeah. And I'm excited about next week. Cutter is going to, or Qatar, Cutter, however you say it, is going to be really interesting. Well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to learn how to say the country's name. Yeah. Second of all, I'm going to learn 
all the ways not to offend the people of Qatar who are <laughs> Islamic. Well, it's going to be very easy because you're not going to have any alcohol in your system. Right. We are that show. We are going to abstain from alcohol yeah. to it's honor our Muslim brothers. Sharia and law. Yep. So we will not be drinking. We will, however, well, go we'll, into we'll the drink something. Water. Yeah, water. But we'll go into the difficulties of actually obtaining alcohol if you live in that country. You can get it. You can, but it's you got to jump through some hoops. Yeah, and that's worth that's worth tuning yeah. into the podcast for. It's yeah, to, it's, it's going to be it's fun. crazy. Yeah, we'll uh, we we'll pull up some notes from uh, you know expatriates that actually live there and how far yeah. they have to go to actually get their hands on liquor. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. It should be awesome. So that'll be a good show. Um, we got a lot of great things that are coming up. Like we said, we it's all female February. We have Sarah Hines slotted on the show. She's a local producer here, and she's actually she she spawns beyond local. She's a busy girl. She's very busy. She's, she's been, helped us. She's been international this year. Yeah, last year she was all over the country. She was. She was uh, we had her on a few productions. Uh, yeah. our short film Kill Game. She was a crucial part of. She's great. I, that she's like a, she feels like a sister to me. Yeah. I, I think she's like a sis. Yeah, yeah, great, great lady. Um, we're gonna have Laura Linville. Laura Linville, art director, art director from the Armstrong spots designer. we did. Yep, but she does she does like everything. She's like the person yeah. in town. If it involves art, color, production design, any of that, just she, general she's the woman to go to. General cool. Yeah. If you want to be cool, yeah, you got to call her. You want it to look good. She's cool. Yep. Great. Easy to collaborate and with. So those are the smart, and then Kristen Irwin we talked about the head of the yeah. film commission. And, and so last those week, are the the three. Are, but this is filmmakers drinking film bourbon. So, so we decided week. we want to highlight a bourbon woman. Yeah, and it's uh, so somebody that we met at the watershed launch event for their bottled yeah. old fashioned. There's a whole society called Fifty One Percent. Yeah, based on so population of the United States, Fifty One Percent women. Uh, the content of bourbon, Fifty One Percent corn. Yes, makes sense. Yes, and probably 51% of bourbon drinkers are women. There's more bourbon drinkers than men. Specifically because there are more women than men. I, I don't know, but I saw that. I read I read that somewhere. Yeah. They said that. it's uh, They're the fastest growing bourbon drinking population. Yeah, so they're going to be on the show talking about their, their group, their society. They have monthly meetups. Yeah, and, it's like a, yeah. it's like this, it's great. Yeah, if nothing else, you'll learn something about a, a new group that you didn't know anything yeah, about Yeah, it's going to be awesome. So we're bringing you great content, and then we're coming right back at you in March. We got oh, some other killer content. Dude, speaking of good stuff, uh, we just passed 50 reviews on iTunes. Yeah, we've got over 50 reviews. Yeah. Um, things are just happening. Up and coming in all the charts. I mean- Beautiful. Yeah, you can search various charts, and we're right there. Yeah. Top five. TV talk, we're there. Movie reviews, that's us. Bourbon. Filmmakers, us. Bourbon, we're there. Yep. But it's not because of me and you- it's because of great listeners. Might be because of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of great listeners who take the time to give us reviews, who take yeah. the time to to chat with us on Twitter. I mean, an average post on Instagram, we're getting three, 200, 300 Likes. interactions yeah. on Instagram. It's crazy. And it's just a lot of fun. And really we love is. hearing your guys' feedback. So please, please, please shout out to us, tweet us, Instagram us, send uh -huh. us pictures, uh, talk about stuff. Ask us questions. All that jazz is really exciting. And the other thing we really would love you to do is go to iTunes and written reviews. give us a great written review and a five-star rating. Yep. You don't realize how much this helps. This helps gain exposure and brings this podcast to the forefront for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So help us do that. And as we grow, 
you'll grow with us. And so we'll be bringing be you, bring you better great stuff. content. One of the things we're going to be bringing you is we're going to reintroduce the giveaways. Yes, which we just, we've realized that there's one that's outstanding. And we're going to get to that. Yes. But for now, we talked about it. And with so much going on and, and our, you know, when we're in the middle of real projects and real work, it's mm-hmm. tough to keep up. So uh, sorry it. if, if it's taken us a while to get you um, a giveaway. Yeah. But from now on, the giveaways will be done on a monthly basis. We cannot do it once a week. And we'll be yep. giving them away on the website. Yes. So when you get tune into the new website, you'll find out what the monthly giveaway is. At the beginning of the month, you'll find out. You'll have all month to enter based on the criteria. Uh, at the end of the month, we will announce the winner on the website yeah. for everyone to see. So it'll be a lot more streamlined. And you'll have more time to enter. Yeah. And so we'll get a lot more entries per item. And we're working really hard to bring you guys some really awesome giveaways. Yeah. We're going to be partnering, not partnering, but we're going to be bringing on some great industry gear companies, bourbon companies, you know, filmmakers. It's going to be good. Really excited. So that's a lot of fun. It. Yeah. But for now. Yeah. There's an we've outstanding We've got thing. unfinished business. We do. What is that? We have a Sennheiser clip mic from a long time ago that we've been racking up entries for, and it's now time to finally give that thing away. So again, we're going to kick it off right now with the new way that we're doing it, and we're going to have you go to the website to find out who won the Sennheiser clip mic. But it won't be the new website. It won't be the new website, but it's the new way of doing things. So we're going to start, you know, kind of slowly rolling in to the new- The new way. The new way. Yeah. The FDB way. Absolutely. So check that out. We're going to give that away. We apologize for not doing that earlier. Um, thanks, everyone, for yeah. who contributed and, and gave us a shout-out. You are the ones who are entered to win. Mm-hmm. So we will uh, have that posted. And I think that's it, man. Yeah. Oh, by the way, we still have shirts, people. We yeah. still have shirts. If you want a shirt, yeah, you, you can purchase one on the website. I, yeah, We do. I think we've got limited sizes right now. We do. But that's all right. Yeah, we'll be we'll be getting more. We're still uh, planning on you know doing the whole yeah, coordinating with designers and bringing you guys new interesting designs. And there's really from, so. really cool screen printed posters on the site too. Oh, yeah, uh, from the Watershed Bourbon event. So if you're a bourbon enthusiast and you like really cool screen printed posters, we've got those. So yeah. check those out. It was from the Watershed event. Um, go buy a bottle of Watershed bottled bourbon while you're at it. Yeah, just pair them up, put it on the wall, and Make put one in happen. your belly. There you go. There you go. Done. So it's been great. Uh, man, it's good to good see show. you again, buddy. Yeah. To the Philippines. To the Philippines. Cheers. Cheers. This podcast was recorded live at Sound Images Studio. Find out more at soundimages.com.